0: Really, having an understanding of not the quantity of the products you have, but the quality that you're having, that you're putting in your pantry.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Busy moms often have trouble with their digestive health. What could be a possible culprit? One possibility is in our pantry. We find ourselves running into issues, we feel bloated, we're uncomfortable in our favorite clothes, and we're left not knowing how to navigate this health space in a way that works for our bodies. So on today's bonus episode, Leanne Rybakov joins me to discuss ways that the pantry is contributing to digestive health issues and how to swap out for healthier options. Even just minimizing the ingredients, knowing what should stay and what should go, can be a game changer. For those that are new around here, I release bonus episodes that serve a niche part of my audience, so if this topic doesn't fit what you're looking for, join me back here next Tuesday for a conversation about decluttering self-talk that you don't want to miss. Alright, let's get into the conversation with Leanne. I was going to say hello, Leanne, but we've already said hello because we've been chatting for ten, 10 minutes before we got on here. You were saying that you went to Michigan and I'm in Columbus. So we were talking a little bit about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry before we chatted. So, But I already feel like I kind of know you because we've been chatting for a minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, at the time of recording, we are creeping on to the big game of the year. So yeah, you know, yeah. we'll see at the time of this episode airing, we'll have a winner. So we'll see which one of us.
1: Yes. I always enjoy shopping that day in Columbus because no one is out at the shops. Everyone is at home watching the game or out watching the game. So I feel like that's the day I do a lot of Christmas shopping because it's a ghost town around Columbus. That's a really, really good strategy because they're prob- they're all watching the game. The yeah. Michigan, Ohio State game. Yes. So Leanne, and then I cannot pronounce your last name. You can say it for me. That's okay. It's Leanne Ribicock. Ribikoff. Okay. Awesome. So yeah. I'm talking to Leanne Ribicoff today, and I'm going to allow you to go ahead and introduce yourself. And then I ask every guest, do you consider yourself to be a minimalist? So do you? Well, first, <laughs> so I'm a functional medicine
0: health coach. I work with busy, overwhelmed moms, helping them heal their digestive health issues, get rid of that really stubborn belly bloat, get rid of the fatigue and brain fog, and just like ultimately feel great in their bodies and have more of an understanding of what their bodies need in order to feel great. So it's like the anti-diet, just kind of like really getting yourself on a good path where you could be in full control of how you feel. And then am I a minimalist? So yes and no, if I had to be fully honest, yes, in the sense of like how I treat my body and my family's body, (laughs) and in terms of how we eat, how we take care of ourselves. I am, I used to be maybe an overindulger when it came to movement. And now I'm, I keep it very minimal. So in that sense, yes, I try to limit the amount of things we have in our pantry, because it can be really overwhelming. I maximize my sleep <laughs> by minimalizing the distractions that prohibit us from sleeping. So in that sense, yes. But if I'm going to be fully honest, I am a consumer. Sometimes I do get attracted by shiny objects, but most of them are in the health and wellness space. So, like, something cool comes out, I really want to know about it. I'll try to do research. Um, but in that kind of stuff, sometimes I could maybe overconsume.
1: It happens to the best of us. Like I just said, I go shopping typically on the day that everyone that I do do more Christmas shopping than anything else on that day. But yeah, okay, great. So, when you reached out, you talked about how to declutter the pantry, but more so we're talking about how can we declutter our pantry to make it benefit us and our bodies. So that's just one thing we're going to talk about today, but I really liked that angle and I was excited to talk to you. So what do you want listeners to take away before we get into this conversation? What do you want listeners to take away? Usually I ask this at the end of the conversation, but I'm wondering what you would say just to start off. I think the biggest thing that they could take
0: away is that you don't have to feel the way you feel if you're not feeling good in your body, there are things that could be done. And it's just becoming more aware of what you're consuming. And it's not always just food, but it's all oh, in life in general, that play a role in how we feel. And sometimes I or not sometimes I often find that women, especially moms, because we're just so consumed with taking care of other lives, that we kind of start to accept how we feel. So if there's one thing that you could take away today is that you don't have to accept feeling bloated or tired or have brain fog or feel irritable or like feel like you need to be screaming at your kids all the time. You don't have to accept that because that is actually your body's way of letting you know that something's not working right.
1: I've started to think about that a lot more in the last couple of years, I would say, even just in regards to acne, it's like, Oh, if you're getting acne on your chin, it's probably more hormonal or it's linked to this part of the body, or if it's on your cheeks, it's linked to this part of the body. And I, I do think that there's something to be said about it. I mean, our entire system works so perfectly and miraculously, we can throw it off with these things that we're consuming. I, I, am definitely someone who tries to look at things a little bit more holistically than I used to. Yeah. I mean, I'm so glad you brought that up. That when
0: you say the word ingredients, this is like where my like heart stops with excitement because that's where we kind of have to go to. I mean, especially if we're just focused, if we're starting with the kitchen, right? Like, and a lot of us kind of want to go to like the low hanging fruit sometimes. And it's easier to make those changes in our pantry than maybe to our sleep habits. Although I would say with I would honestly push to start with sleep, but we're talking about the pantry today. So, you know, paying attention to your ingredients is so key to how your body is going to respond to the foods that you're eating. You can still enjoy the things that you love. Like that's the good news, right? But you have to be aware of the things that you're putting into your body and just accepting like terms on a package that says like it's good for you is it's just kind of falling into the trap of marketing because there are so many labels that are just completely misleading. And what might be okay for one person really might not work for another one. So when you say ingredients, this is where my mind goes, is that we have to take a look and be very much aware of the things that are going to cause us to feel a certain way in a bad way. And then the things that are going to keep us feeling vibrant and happy and fitting into our clothes the way we want them to fit.
1: Yeah. And I think of that, not even just in a way of dieting or just some aesthetic that we want to fulfill, but also I don't want to spend money on my clothes, not fitting on the regular. I don't want to keep shifting and that things don't fit because that becomes really expensive with having to buy new clothes. So I like to stay within a range just for that fact alone. And I'm very frugal, so it's helpful. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad that you brought that up too, because you know, as women, we know our bodies, right?
0: So whereas, you know, for three out of four weeks of the month, we should be fitting into our clothes. And if we're not, then that could be a sign of inflammation. You know, sometimes we mistake in weight gain for inflammation, where it could be something that again, is in our food that's causing us to be inflamed, it could be not getting enough sleep, it could be inflammation from working out. I've seen it all I've been there where I've like put in like a, a 60 minute hit class, it doesn't serve your body just makes it more inflamed. But then there's also that fourth week of the month where you know your body, like if you're feeling bloated around your period, and you're not feeling comfortable, then it's okay to wear those leggings and feel comfortable, right? And there's nothing wrong with buying new clothes to, you know, make yourself feel good. But if you're seeing that you continuously need to go up in size and not from a vanity perspective, but just from your body saying oh, red flag, something is off and it's something to pay attention to because whether it's inflammation or if it's consistent weight gain, it's tied to something that isn't working right. You know, we should be able to, that should, but we are able to stay
1: at a consistent weight discussing the pantry, you say, let's declutter that. What are we taking out? What are we putting in? What are your thoughts there? How long do you have? (laughs) So,
0: you know, when we talk about the pantry, there's a few things that I like to focus on that are really important is that there are, we could talk about a whole variety of things, right? A A pantry could vary, but I like to focus on the things that are supposed to be good for us or healthy foods that can often not be healthy. So something like your nut butters, right? Like a nut butter is great, it's got protein, it's got fats, great convenient snack, it's a great lunch, it's a great breakfast, right? But if your nut butter has something like a seed oil in it, palm oil, sunflower oil, any oils in it to begin period, it's now not good for you or if it has added sugar. So this is where we go back to those ingredients and we take a look where a nut butter should just be the nut itself. This is like the first place that some of my clients go to sometimes is just let's check the ingredients and the foods that you're consuming on a daily basis that are in the healthy space, right? We're not talking about chips and cookies and crackers. We're talking about things that are really healthy for us. So making sure that the foods that you're eating on a daily basis or even once in a while don't have those high inflammatory ingredients Are going to make you feel bloated, inflamed. So, besides nut butter, I would pay attention to your salad dressings. That could be a really big one where they put added sugar in like three different forms. There are good salad dressings out there. I'm a huge fan of a brand called Primal Kitchen. They use only avocado oil or olive oil. They don't put any sugar into their dressings. Their dressings work great as marinades as well. So that's where I'd like to start in terms of decluttering. It's really having an understanding of not the quantity of the products you have, but the quality that you're having, that you're putting in your pantry.
1: I've been hearing a lot about the seed oils in our foods these days and contributing to, I think, gut health. I'm hearing a ton about gut health. I know oh. that it's not trendy. There's so much research being done right now about how your gut health can throw off your entire system.
0: Yes. Well, I'm a functional medicine health coach. So we start with the gut. The gut is considered your second brain. In fact, when we even talk about like forget bloating and gas and digestive health issues, your gut is responsible for producing serotonin, which is very important to keeping us happy. So a healthy gut produces a healthy, happy mind. It all starts with the gut, we really have to take care of it. And if you're linking it to seed oils, absolutely seed oils disrupt the gut Seed oils also cause inflammation, and inflammation isn't just like inflammation around your gut. Inflammation could be in your brain. So, like now you're having this almond butter, yum, but it has sunflower oil in it, yuck, and it's not only making your gut be, be like, what's going on, but it's also giving you could be giving you that brain fog, where it again, it's something that should be really healthy. So hundred percent. We have to take care of our gut. It's really important. The way I like to look at inflammation and gut health is that there's things that we want to take out that are causing inflammation or that are disrupting our gut. And there's things that we want to be putting in that are going to be anti-inflammatory and supporting our gut health. So those are kind of, two, they're two different things that we work on, but they're connected. They're connected because they they, anti-inflammatory foods tend to be really good for the gut too.
1: No, that, that makes sense for sure. So what else do you think that we should declutter from the pantry? What do you think about canned foods? There's a lot of things that we could focus on, but as far
0: as we're sticking with the pantry, you know, I mentioned the nut butters, salad dressings are important to pay attention to one big one that tends to surprise people is their protein powder. So we all, you know, not we all, but some of us like smoothies in the morning. It's a great way to pack in those vegetables that you might not get a chance to eat throughout the day. But we also know, or I usually I advise that we have, you have substantial amount of protein in the morning, because they'll keep you satiated for the day. Sometimes women end up really hungry later in the evening, and they can't control their hunger. Sometimes it's linked to not having enough protein in the morning. So now you're having your protein powder, but a lot of protein powders, even if they're marketed to be like great for your digestive health and have all these nutrients and vitamins, sometimes they have Cane sugar in them got to be really mindful of that. Or if they don't have sugar, they might have an artificial sweetener or a low calorie sweetener. For example, an artificial one something that could be really disruptive to your gut health and cause lots of problems is sugar alcohols. Like if something is keto, erythritol, it will blow you up. And then there's things like stevia and monk fruit, which tend to be natural sweeteners. And I'm like using air quotes because they are and they aren't, they're naturally grown, but they're not naturally extracted sometimes, which will mess with your gut. But the one thing that a lot of people don't seem to be aware of, and it's like, to me, it was very eye opening when I learned about this is that when you're eating something that is low-cal, even if it's monk fruit and stevia natural, let's say it's extracted properly, your tongue is registering so much sweetness but your stomach is not. So now, you know, you eat something sweet, your stomach's like, where are those calories you're promising me? So like, two hours later, your stomach doesn't forget, and it still wants it. So it causes more craving. So there's all those things to focus on. And As far as protein powders, what I like to do, what I recommend is just going to your straight up hemp protein or pea protein. I actually created a resource with all my favorite pantry items. So it's easier to swap out your protein for this, your salad dressing for this, tons. So we could share that with the listeners, but it's just different pantry swap items that are gonna be, that I've personally used, that I've vetted, that are good. As far as canned food goes, there's nothing wrong with it. It's also like when when I talk about like frozen fruits and vegetables, they're picked at their ripest. So sometimes it's a good option. You have to be mindful of the ingredients as well. I was picking up a can of sweet peas, organic sweet peas, brought them home, just oddly decided to look at the ingredients list and there was sugar in it. Why Uh, would you put sugar into sweet peas? So uh, you still want to pay attention that the can is BPA free. The can lining is BPA free, that it's organic. You just always want to try to get organic, especially when it's canned. The price point's lower than buying fresh. And check your ingredients. If you're buying corn, it should just be corn. If you're buying you know, tomatoes, it should just be tomatoes. Same thing goes for another item is like pasta sauce. Check your pasta sauce for seed oils and sugar.
1: What about sodium in canned foods? What do you think about that? Again, it comes down to ingredients. You
0: don't want to buy something that has salt added to it. Some things will naturally have more salt. To make canned tomatoes naturally have more salt but there should never be salt added to food. The only thing you might see sometimes is like citric acid, which is just lemon. And that's just so that it preserves the fruit or the vegetable, but salt, if it's a high sodium food in and of itself, like a broth could be high sodium just from cooking chicken sometimes, or you know, even vegetables, it produces more salt, but you want to be mindful that there's no salt added to the product.
1: Okay. That's helpful because I think I've always stayed away from canned foods, even for my kids, the peas or the green beans, because I'm like, Oh, there's too much sodium in them. Back in my early twenties, late teens, I was on a health journey and lean cuisines were very popular at the time. And I've always had a negative association with sodium ever since that time. Well, yeah, you know,
0: there's, Besides sodium, like you said, a lot of frozen prepared foods will just have a lot of other ingredients in there that are going to be just as bad that are going to keep you feeling bloated and again, fatigued. And if I can touch on this, I think back in the day, we were all very calorie conscious as well. So like those lean cuisines were, you know, we could see how many calories were in there and everybody, not everybody, again, I keep generalizing, but that this generation that I was a part of is that we kind of grew up thinking that we had to watch calories. And this is where we're, again, we're like in deprivation mode as opposed to nurturing our bodies. So we kind of have to step away from that. And it's it could be really hard because it's so ingrained but just focusing on the things that are going to nourish our bodies as opposed to trying to control Mm -hmm. what we're eating. Because most of the time when you're eating packaged food, because you're more aware of the calories, right? Or the sodium or that information. Most of the time it's processed and it's gonna have other things that are gonna keep us feeling terrible.
1: It is interesting. I'm definitely gonna get a bad review for this, what I'm about to say. But I have also noticed in things that are gluten-free I can tell when I eat them, I'm like, oh, I, that's just sugar that they've put in there to make them taste even better. So it's like, we're taking something out to re- and replacing it with other. I'm not saying that all gluten-free items are like that. You know what I'm saying? Like we're just usually replacing one bad thing for another and we're elevating that to make it seemingly healthy. So I hate that too. Oh gosh. Well, just because something is
0: gluten-free or vegan or dairy-free doesn't mean it's good for you. In fact, I have worked with celiac Clients who have to be gluten free, and my biggest concern is that what happens when someone is given the diagnosis by a doctor of having celiac's or even a gluten sensitivity? They kind of start, they don't know what to do, so they go out and buy things that are gluten free, like a version of their favorite foods, like crackers, cookies, bagels, bread. But all of those things are so processed, and they have so many other ingredients, going to make you inflamed. So okay, so wow. you're now now you're like taking care of your gluten issue, but you're now creating so many other problems. That's why it's really important to understand what's in your food and understand how you could still enjoy life without gluten, but Mm -hmm. eating the foods that are naturally there that are not processed. So 100% there are many brands out there that are marketed gluten free, vegan, dairy free. Mm -hmm. And my biggest problem with this is that some of them are marketed to kids. Yeah. as moms, we try so hard, we're just trying to do our best, right? And we have to use packaged foods sometimes, a lot of the times, you know, so we see that, okay, my kid has celiac, I'm just going to buy this gluten free cookie, not being aware that there's so many other things in there that could be so, so bad for them, right? But the good news is there are good brands out there as well. And (laughs) I, I, this is part of my job, I look for these products someone just needed, I think, like a cracker for her kids or something. And I mm-hmm. spent like an hour finding the best crackers that she could possibly give her child with mm-hmm. a food sensitivity. So there are options, we have come a long way in food production, it, it starts with ingredients, you really need to be mindful of what's going in. My rule of thumb is if it has five ingredients or more, most likely you shouldn't you should put it down. But that's not always the case. Like there's some salad dressings that have a lot of herbs. And, you know, mm-hmm. there's some pasta sauces, but if it has an ingredient you can't pronounce, mm-hmm. your body doesn't know how to break it down. That's just yeah. that's just basically, if you can't pronounce it, you don't know what to do with it, neither, neither does your body. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't know how to digest it, you're going to end up being bloated and uncomfortable. And it might not happen the first time you eat it or the second, but
1: over time, it's going to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating to me. And I mean, this does apply to minimalism and I guess, simplifying my life. But think about how many, as you said, how many cookies there are now in the refrigerated section or how many crackers, how many cereals, anything in those middle aisles, really. It's so overwhelming and the decision fatigue is absolutely real. That's why I like to do my grocery order through Giant Eagle or whatnot and as long as you spend 35 bucks, it's, it's free to have that done. But I don't like to go there because it's like, what should I choose? I think decision fatigue when we're in the grocery store wears us down. And then we do end up making not maybe the best choices and, or it's just this day and age where if we only had a few crackers, maybe I think the competition allows for let's put whatever we want into these products to make something different. And it doesn't really consider our health. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I just have to
0: comment on this, because prior to being a health coach, I had a consumer packaged good, like a snack food company. So so I just have to say that there are good products out there that never make it on store shelves, because Mm -hmm. it's really expensive as a small company to be in a supermarket, right? So sometimes, especially a large supermarket, because there's just a lot that goes into that. So sometimes the product's are not on those shelves, right? And we have to do a little bit more research and find them. And sometimes we have to order directly from those companies, but they do exist, right? 100%. It is incredibly exhausting. And this just happens to be my field of expertise and passion. And I love researching products, but for someone else, they might not. And that's why it's important to like, have your resources where you don't have to spend endless hours looking for things but also that you're confident in the products that you're buying, that you're putting in your body and your family's bodies. And there are actually a few really good cereal brands out there (laughs) that I love.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I do advertise for Thrive Market. However, I love Thrive Market. And a lot of my pantry staples I get from there because, I mean, we are having those lower ingredient lists. And I'm sure not everything is fully vetted on Thrive Market. However, it has reasonable prices for the things that I do want that are healthier pantry items. And I, I think it does offer some of those smaller companies and the access to their website as opposed to what they're having to pay supermarkets. So that might be an outlet for someone, but yeah, I think there's just too much. And so we're trying to do too much. And it's like, if we just went back to doing something quality and not having as many, I mean, I guess we live in a country of capitalism, which I'm happy about. Like I'm happy that everyone has the opportunity to throw their hat into the ring. However, it's just, it does make it a little bit tricky to navigate. A hundred percent. And I'm I'm a
0: really big fan of Thrive Market as well. Yeah, But again, you still need to do your, we got to do our legwork as well. Just paying attention to those things, but you're right. Good and bad at the same time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So did we miss anything that you wanted to touch on? Or was there anything else that you wanted to say to the listeners before we wrap this up? Again, paying attention to the ingredients, looking your
0: pantry, The biggest things are going to be the seed oils, sugar and binders and things. Those are things that are going to might cause bloating, fatigue, even sometimes being emotional could be tied to these things, right? Because if you have a sensitivity to something, your mind and your body are so connected. So paying attention to that. Those three things that I mentioned, like nut butters, salad dressings, or pasta sauces as well, and your protein powders are really big ones. Being aware of everything in there and just taking a look and minimalizing your ingredients and your options, it just keeps things a little bit easier and it's easier on your body. And I'll give a a little bonus add and pay attention to your nut milks, just the way you would pay attention to your nut butters. Your nut milk should just be the nut as well. And if it has anything else, that stuff's gonna make you feel yucky.
1: Yes. I've recently heard dun, 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 bad things about oatmeal. Yes. Oh <laughs> gosh. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> do your own research people. We don't have time for that conversation. Well, Leanne, where can listeners connect with you online if they want to do so? Anyone can email me Ribikov at gmail.com. I have a
0: website, Wellness.com. I'm at Instagram, wellness, And then um, we could link to the pantry swaps that I have put my heart and soul into. (laughs) And it just makes life a little easier because you don't have to sit there and research yourself. You could just kind of see what's already been vetted for you.
1: Yes, please send me that list so I can link it in the show notes. But I hope this was helpful to listeners having just a conversation about what to declutter in the pantry. This was helpful to me. So thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And I have to end by saying, go blue. What did you think of the episode? If you enjoyed this conversation, I want to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review is the best way you can help this podcast continue to succeed and grow. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving those rating and reviews, or following along on social media at Minimalist Moms Podcast. As always, I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com and there you can find links to the Instagram account, my Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.